Good morning. I want to welcome you to, again to Eagles Wing Church, and I want to thank our uh, praise and worship team and our, our media team for uh, the beautiful worship that we had this morning. Uh, man, it was so powerful, and I, I just praise God for it. I, again, I want to thank them. And I want to encourage you this morning. Uh, the Lord is risen, and he's risen indeed. There's no doubt about it. And so we celebrate the resurrection this morning. And before we, uh, we dig into God's word, I just want to remind you, as, we, as we've sang and we've worshiped this morning, uh, we've heard the gospel in every song that we've sung, every, in the words of, of, of the, of, in the melodies, we've heard the gospel, the good news preached. And so uh, I, we're going to look at God's word this morning, but we've already had a very uh, a strong and powerful uh, preaching of the word that, uh, that our worship team did. And I want us to pray this morning, and, and I've, I've, I've got a burden on my heart today. Uh, God's laid something on my heart uh, uh, about Thursday as, as, as the talk began to, to come across uh, uh, the, from our meteorologist about the, the weather this afternoon. Uh, I thank God for our meteorologist. I thank God for those that work in this and, 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 and warn us and, and do the things that they do to prepare us, and so... I pray that today you are prepared, but I also pray that as a believer, uh, you uh, realize what the Word of God gives us the authority and the power to do. Uh, this is, Easter is not a holiday, it's a holy day. And the churches are not empty. The churches are filled because the churches are not buildings. Buildings are, are buildings. That's the, buildings hold things. They, they, don't, they are not uh, the church. The, the church is a body. It's the body of Jesus Christ. And so the church is meeting today in spite of the coronavirus, in spite of the things that, that are happening around us. The church is meeting, and it's meeting in strength. It's meeting in numbers. And today, as, as we face uh, a stormy day in Alabama, I want us to not just talk about faith. I don't want us just to discuss faith. I want us to step out in our faith. I believe that uh, there's a time to pray, and then there is a time to act. And I believe this morning uh, we ought to act. Uh, if you're a part of Eagles Wing Church, you know very often we will uh, we'll declare and we'll proclaim truths when it comes to stormy weather. And so I want us just to pause for a few minutes and I want us to take a stand. Uh, scripture tells us to stand firm. Uh, Ephesians 6 tells us three times, stand firm, stand firm, stand firm. So I want us this morning, this Easter morning, this resurrection morning, in the power of the resurrection, to plant our feet and stand firm. Jesus made us a promise in John chapter 14, verse 12. He said, truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, he who places his faith in me, the works that I do, he shall do. Not only that, greater works than these shall he do because I go to the Father. Jesus said that his sons and his daughters would be able to do the very same things that he had done during his ministry on earth and even greater things. And one of the things that, that I noticed Jesus doing in the Gospels is he steals the storms. He rebukes it. He tells it to stop. And that storm ceases to exist. I happen to believe that we as, as, as believers, sons and daughters who walk in faith, have the same 
opportunity today to do that. I believe that, that Satan, he hasn't been able to steal our hope uh, based on the coronavirus, but he wants to he wants to steal our hope today on on the on the very day that the world comes together to celebrate the resurrection. We celebrate the resurrection every Sunday, but as a, a, a body around the world, the universal church comes together today and, and Satan wants to steal the glory that only belongs to Jesus Christ. And I, for one, am not going to allow him to do that. I don't know how far our authority extends, but I want you to stand with me for a moment, and we're just going to rebuke this storm, and we're going to call for peace, and we're going to call for, for gentle winds and gentle rain, no hail, no tornado, no damaging winds in Jesus' name. Lord, we come to you right now in the authority of Jesus Christ. You have given us his authority, and you have given us the power to enforce that authority. You have called us to enforce the victory of the cross and the victory of the resurrection. So today, we stand, Father. We bless you. We praise you. We thank you for what you have done. You have given us your Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead. The same power resides in us as your children. And so this morning, we speak to the winds in Jesus' name. And Lord, we say, as Jesus said there in the Gospels, hush, be muzzled, be still. We command you to cease and desist. Lord, we speak to those forces that are coming together to bring destruction. Lord, we know that you have not sent a storm to destroy your people. That's not who you are. You didn't send a storm to destroy the children of Job. Satan was behind it. And so we speak to those entities and those powers that are trying to come together and bring the natural uh, forces together to create a, a storm that would destroy and kill and steal and destroy. We know that this has the MO of the enemy, and so we stand against it right now in Jesus' name. We say, be still. Stop in Jesus' name. You won't cross the borders of the state of Alabama in Jesus' name. You will be still now in Jesus' name. Lord, we praise you, we thank you, and we're going to rejoice this morning as we already have in the resurrection. We're not going to worry about what could be, what might be. We're going to, we're going to be uh, resolute, and we're going to be faithful in what is, and that is that you are on your throne, Jesus, Lord Jesus, and you are the resurrected Lord. And so, Father, we bless you this morning. I pray you would give us ears to hear what your spirit's saying. And Lord, I pray if there's somebody that's tuned in right now, I pray that you would open their hearts, if they don't know Jesus, to hear what Jesus wants to say this morning. Lord, we bless you. We praise you. We thank you in advance for a beautiful afternoon. Lord, it may rain. Uh, the, the wind may blow gently, but Lord, we're going to praise you for what you've done. Lord, we're going to take precaution. But Lord, at the same time, we're going to trust you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the darkest moments that were ever recorded in human history, in, the, in moments that were shrouded by the brutality of death, utter despair, and total discouragement, when the viciousness and the wickedness and the depravity and the cruelty of humanity could not sink any lower, Human beings created in the very image and in the very likeness of God crucified the Son of God. That is, they, they nailed him to a cross and they murdered God the Son. 
God the Son was the very image of the invisible God. And he had become flesh so that he might rescue and he might save and he might deliver humanity. Those in need of rescue the most, those who could not rescue themselves, they killed Jesus without regard or without thought of the very one who could rescue them, who came to rescue them. From a human perspective, there's no starker or bleaker portrait of hopelessness ever painted. To have destroyed your only hope is the most desolate definition of hopelessness. Without the solution, without the, the answer, without the remedy to a lethal and terminal problem, there is no hope. And those who crucified Jesus were totally ignorant of what they were doing. They were clueless, or they would not have positioned themselves within a prison of hopelessness. They would not have placed themselves in utter despair in a cell. Hopelessness means you believe you have no future. Therefore, if you are really hopeless, you believe it would be better to die right now. Or perhaps maybe a better way to say that is that you consider yourself already dead. That's the mindset of a person without hope. Perhaps this morning you're struggling on the edge of hopelessness. Or maybe you're, you're in the midst, in what I would call the pit of hopelessness. And maybe that hopelessness, that sense of, of utter despair is, is caused by maybe, maybe you've lost your job. Maybe you've been, you've been laid off due to the COVID uh, virus. Maybe you've been furloughed and you're not sure how you're going to take care of your family. You're not sure how you're going to get the, the, the things that you need to survive, how you're going to pay your bills. Maybe, maybe you're, you're sitting there this morning and and, and your marriage is dissolving, it's breaking up, or maybe it's broken up. Maybe you are, 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 have a disease that's terminal. Maybe you're sick. You may even be listening this morning and, and you, are, uh, you, are, you, have COVID, uh, you have the COVID virus, the coronavirus, and you're, you're quarantined and, and you feel hopeless. Maybe it's financial ruin. You're looking at your bottom line and, and you don't see how you're going to exit from this and, and step back into life as normal. Maybe you've lost someone. Maybe there's been a death in your family and you've lost someone you dearly love. Maybe you, you've done something that if you had it do over, you wouldn't do again. Maybe it's some kind of moral failure or, or maybe a bad choice that you've made. Perhaps it's a lifetime of wrong choices. Perhaps you're, you're at the pits of depression or discouragement or something just as equally debilitating. Then this morning, I have some good news for you. The picture I have painted is from a human perspective. Hopelessness is a human choice. Hopelessness is not a God choice. I want to say that again. Human, from a human perspective, hopelessness may be consuming you, but that's a choice from a human perspective. Hopelessness is not a God choice. If you would allow me this morning, just for a, a very few minutes, just a short moment or two, I want to escort you back into history. 
maybe 2,000 years or so, depending on a few years either way. I believe that God's going to shine his light on what seems to be so bleak and so desolate that you are going through right now. I don't know if you realize this or not, but God truly loves you right where you are right now. God knows exactly what you're going through. Where you see hopelessness, God says there is hope, and God is hope. Where you believe that uh, no one really cares about you at this moment, God cares about you. And God cares for you. And God knows exactly where you're at. He, he knows exactly what's going on. And he knows your name. I want to say that again. God knows your name. And he knows the exact solution you need for whatever issue you're struggling with right now. Whatever problem you're facing with. Where you say it's impossible, God says nothing is impossible with me. So if you'll just give me a moment and you'll listen closely with your heart, I believe that God's Spirit will speak to your heart. He will speak to you and you will understand and perhaps hear for the first time the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. If you look back uh, after that moment when the ladies uh, went to the tomb, it was, it was three days after Jesus had been crucified. And, and his body had been sealed up in a tomb. The Roman officials had put a seal on the door, and there was a penalty of death for anyone who broke that seal. Jesus was buried. He was dead. And his body had been lying in a carved tomb that had been carved out of limestone. When that early that Sunday morning, that first day of the week, a group of ladies, a group of women who had followed and who had supported Jesus financially as well as, uh, as providing uh, other means of support for him so that his ministry could go forward, they silently came to that little cemetery. And they had come to properly bury the person that they loved. They had come to bury their friend. They had come to bury uh, their leader. And, and they had come to bury what they thought was their deliverer, what they had been looking for, what the Jewish people had been looking for, what the world had been looking for for centuries. That is a Messiah, one who would bring deliverance. And in those first moments of that, that sunrise that morning, as, as, the, as the rays of the sun peeked across the, the black sky, that Sunday morning, they were shocked to find that the stone that, that, that covered the opening to the tomb of Jesus had been rolled away from the entrance. Let me share what Luke tells us in Luke chapter 24, verse 1 through 8. Luke writes, but on the first day of the week, on Sunday morning at early dawn, they came to the tomb, and they came bringing spices which they had prepared. Uh, part of the preparation had been cut short because of, of the closeness to the beginning of the Sabbath in which the Jewish people could not work. And so these women had, had collected the spices and they had brought them, them that morning to finish the job of preparing Christ's body for burial and for entombment. And so here they, here they are as, as the sun begins to rise. They brought their spices uh, that they've prepared, and, and all of a sudden they, they step up to, to the tomb and they find, Scripture says, the stone rolled away from the tomb. 
But when they entered the tomb, these ladies didn't stop. They entered the tomb. They couldn't believe it. When they entered the tomb, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened while they were perplexed about this. Behold, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling apparel. That's a signal to us that these, these two men are not just normal human beings. These two men are angels. And there, one of the uh, passages in the gospel says that one stood at the head, one stood at the right. And it, it's, it's a picture uh, of, a, of, 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 the, of the mercy seat and the, and the holy of holies as, as, as these two angels sit on either side of where Jesus' body had lain. And these angels uh, speak to those ladies. And, and scripture tells us in Luke that these women were terrified. And they, and they bowed their faces to the ground. They fell to the ground in fear. And these two angels, these men said to them, I want you to listen to what they say. Why do you seek the living one among the dead? He is not here. And then, then the, the angels put the exclamation word in, but there's a change taking place. He has risen. Why are you seeking the living one among the dead? He's not here, but he has risen. And then listen to what the angel says. He says, remember, remember, remember. Remember how Jesus spoke to you while he was with you in Galilee, saying, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful man and be crucified, and the third they rise again. Remember the good news that he told you, that he prophesied beforehand. And then listen to what happens to those ladies. Luke says in verse 8, and they remembered his words. They remembered his words. In less than a moment, the confusion, the fear, the despair, the, the, the loss, total loss of direction, the chaos, what we would call the hopelessness of these women, this, this hopelessness that they had wrestled with for three days and nights had disappeared. It just, it vanished, and amazement grips them. The stones rolled away. The tomb's empty, the body's gone, and these angels are declaring the victory of Jesus over death. Listen, nothing has changed except Jesus has won the victory. Death was a, an issue. It was the ultimate enemy to the people who lived in Jesus' days. And listen, it's the ultimate enemy to us except that Jesus has won the victory over death. Nobody no person in history had ever come back from the dead like this. Jesus had raised people from the dead, but these people were raised from the dead. They would die again. But Jesus is resurrected. He's resurrected, and he'll never die again. And that's exactly what Jesus had told these women. This is what he had told his followers, his disciples, male and female, over and over, time and time again. He had told them what was about to happen and what would happen when he was crucified. 
And the angels simply remind them. The angels simply bring back up what Jesus had taught them. That's all I'm doing this morning, is I'm reminding you of what Jesus did. All I'm saying is remember. Remember what Scripture says. All of a sudden, these women remembered. And as they begin to remember, they scatter like, like a flock of birds, with the exception of Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene is still overwhelmed. She's, she's crying. She's weeping. She's trying to make sense of what she's seeing. She's trying to grasp what she's experiencing. She's on overload. What she expected has not happened, and now what she expected again is not happening, and, and her world is upside down. It's being turned inside out. And so she turns, and she begins to stumble out of the tomb, and she stumbles face to face with the risen Jesus. She, she stumbles face to face, and she doesn't even recognize him. And some of you this morning that, that are listening to our broadcast, Jesus is standing face to face with you. He's sitting across from you face to face. He's in your presence. You're in his presence. And you don't even recognize it. And she doesn't, she doesn't recognize it because she's not expecting it. Maybe you're not expecting it this morning. Maybe your problems have, have overwhelmed you and you don't expect to find a solution. Jesus is the solution. Jesus is the answer. Remember. That's what I'm calling on you to do. That's what the Holy Spirit's calling on you to do this morning. Remember what Jesus said and what Jesus did. Jesus says to Mary, he addresses her. He says, woman. And that was a, that was a greeting of, of, of gentleness and kindness in that day. Uh, he says, woman, why are you weeping? Why are you crying? Why are you carrying on like this? Whom are you seeking? Luke tells us that in verse 20 and 15. And then in, 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 in verse 20 and 16, Jesus will will say something else. But first, Mary, Mary hears him. She sees him, but she's not expecting him. So she assumes that he's the gardener. He's the person who tends the cemetery. And she asked Jesus, where have you taken his body? Thinking that, that he is the gardener. And Jesus says to her, Mary, Jesus calls her name. He calls the woman whom he had set free from bondage, the woman whom he had given unconditional love to, the woman that, that had watched him die and seen him die in an, an agony-filled death. He calls her by name, Mary. And in a moment... She recognizes him, and she falls to his feet. The resurrected Lord, the God uh, who is the Son of God, who had been put to death at the hands of the very creatures he created, 
he seeks this woman out and he calls her by name. The same resurrected Lord is standing before you this morning, wherever you are, and he is calling you by name. He knows your name. Billy, Mary, Julie, Amy, Tom, Richard, Bill, John, August. He knows your name. He knows my name. And he's calling you. Can you hear him this morning? In that pit of hopelessness that you're mired in, can you feel the warmth of the light? Can you see the brightness of the light that's shining on your face this morning? He's calling your name. For three days, hopelessness had enshrouded the world. It had enveloped the world. The king of glory had been crucified. The only help that the world had, the only help, the only hope had been brutally murdered by public execution on the Roman cross. And now he's standing before Mary and he's calling her name. He's calling your name. And he's not dead any longer. He's raised. He's risen. He's risen. He's alive. This morning, on this Easter morning, we're not celebrating the death of Jesus. His bones are not in a tomb. He is alive. That is the hope of the gospel. That is the hope of glory. It's Jesus Christ, the risen Savior. And he's calling your name, calling you out of the tomb you're enshrouded in, calling you out of the tomb that you're in bondage in. He's calling you out of your hopelessness. And all he's asking you to do this morning is recognize him for who he is and for what he's done. He's calling you to surrender. And by that, I mean throw up your hands and give up to the mess that you call your life. Listen to me. He's not asking you to change this morning. He's not, he's not asking you to stop doing certain things. He's not calling on you to fix something before you come to him. He's calling on you to drop to your knees and surrender, to give up, to give in to him and what he's done. He's calling you to surrender. And if you will surrender and allow him, he will pull you up out of the pit through his death on the cross and his resurrection from the grave. You see, Jesus is alive this morning. You and I, you and me, we should have died on that cross that day. But Jesus died in our place. He died for you. He died for me. It was for our sins, yours and mine, that he died. And now those sins have been fully forgiven past, present, and future. The payment of Jesus was enough. That's why in, 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 in one of the last things Jesus says, in John chapter 20, Jesus says this. He says, it is finished. 
Literally, the it's one Greek word, and that word means that the debt is paid. The sin debt is fully paid, and it's paid from that moment forward into the future. Your debt and my debt of sin is paid. Maybe you're sitting there and, and you're asking, how can that be, preacher? How, how do you know that? How can you say that when you don't know me and you don't know what I've done and, and, and you don't know what's been done to me? How can you say that? I can say that based on the fact that that's exactly what God says this morning. And God cannot lie. God will not lie. God says in John, 1 John chapter 2, verse 2, he says this, And Jesus himself is the propitiation for our sins. That word propitiation there is a, is a, is a, is a word that means the atoning sacrifice, the satisfaction. Uh, we might put it in terms today, the payment in full. Jesus is the satisfaction, the payment in full for our sins. And not just for our sins, this passage says, not for ours only, but for the sins for those of the whole world. Jesus didn't pay, just pay my sin. He didn't just pay your sin. He paid the sin, the sin debt for the whole world. Your sins have been fully paid for. And now Jesus wants to take your unrighteousness, your sin, your junk, your mistakes, your wrong choices, your sin. And he wants to take that. And in its place, he wants to give you his righteousness. He wants to make you holy and pure like you've never sinned. He wants to make you holy and give you hope. And he's calling your name right now. The only question is, will you respond? How will you respond? Will you recognize him? Like Mary did? Mary recognized him. In a blink of an eye, she recognized that her Savior was standing before her. And she fell to her knees. She fell on her face. And she began to take hold of his feet. And she began to worship him. She surrendered. She gave up. She recognized him. He's calling your name this morning. He wants you to respond to him, to him. He wants to resurrect you, and he wants to give you a new quality of life, a life that is not just eternal by and by, but that's eternal from this moment forward. That's not only eternal, but it's abundant. Jesus gives us eternal and abundant life right now, and it can begin right now. The only question is, Will you surrender? Will you receive Jesus Christ, the risen Savior and Lord, as your own right now? Right now, he's offering you hope through the power of the resurrection. And all you have to do is believe that. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says that if a person 
confesses with their mouth, if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that he was resurrected just like the scriptures say that he was, you shall be saved. You shall be born again. You shall be born into the family of God. It says, for with the heart a man or a woman believes, resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth, a man or a woman confesses, resulting in salvation. Will you believe? Will you believe that Jesus is who he says he is, that he is the risen Lord, that he was crucified on a cross for your sins? And on Easter morning, 2,000 years ago, God, the Father, said, I accept that payment for your sins, for the sins of the world. I raised my son up, Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Will you believe that? Will you place your trust in that? And will you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord? If you'll do that this morning, Scripture says you won't just believe it. You will receive everything that goes with it. You will be born again. Your sins will be forgiven. And God himself will place Jesus Christ, his son, within you. Hope, you won't just grab hold of hope. Hope will come to dwell in you. And hope will lead you out of the pit that you find yourself in this morning. You remember what the angels said when they, when they encountered the women, when the women encountered them in the tomb? They said this. Why do you seek the living one among the dead? He's not here, but he has risen. Remember. Remember. Jesus is asking you this morning to remember what he's done for you and to accept it. Mary accepted it. Mary received it in that moment. And Jesus lifted her up. And Jesus sent her to share the gospel, the good news. The first person that shared the good news was Mary. Mary shared it with the other disciples who were hiding in fear, who were imprisoned by their own fear. She shared the gospel of Jesus, and the gospel began to pour out of Jerusalem. And over time, it spread into Judea and Samaria and over time into the uttermost parts of the world. And it's still spreading this morning. You're hearing it right here. Jesus Christ has risen. He is alive. And he died for you, and he was raised for you. And now he wants to raise you up so that you can sit with him where he is, so that you can be a son or a daughter. And all you have to do is just trust him. Right now, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you and I want to ask the Lord to, to give you the faith that you need to believe and to trust him. And then if, if you're willing, I want to pray with you. And when I've prayed with you, I want to pray for, for believers around the world for just a moment as well. But I want to talk to you right now because this is what Easter is about. This is why Jesus died. He died for you. He died to rescue you from the pit that you're in. Lord Jesus, I just pray 
for this man, this woman, this boy or girl, who maybe for the first time has heard the simple truth of the gospel, that you are alive and that you loved them, that you died on the cross, that you paid for their sins. And so, Lord, right now, in Jesus' name, I pray for them to, to receive the gift of faith so that they could trust you. And, Lord, in this moment, I just ask you to transform them. I pray that you will take their sin away and that you will give them the righteousness of Jesus and you will give them eternal and abundant life right now in Jesus' name. If that's you this morning, I want to ask you just to pray a very simple prayer with me. If you believe that Jesus has done what he says he's done and that he is Lord, if you'll pray this prayer with me, I believe God will save you right now. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for my sins. I confess that you are Lord and that you are Savior. I believe in my heart that you raised, you were raised from the dead and that you are alive right now. Come live in me. Come be my master. Come be my Lord, and I will serve you. Forgive me of my sins and make me a son or a daughter in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done. If you prayed that prayer this morning and you believed in your heart and you confessed with your mouth, you need to tell somebody. Uh, that's part of what confession is. It's, it's, it's sharing that truth with somebody else. Make it public. We would love to talk with you. If you go to our website and, and you hit the button on our media page and our church website page, uh, I'll get an email, and I would love to contact with you and talk more about it, maybe get some information into your hands that help you grow as a Christian. Maybe you live in a, a different part of the, the state or even the world, the country. You need to get in a good church that preaches the Scripture, that preaches the Bible, a good Jesus-preaching church, and get connected. That's the next step uh, in your growth. And, and I would just encourage you this morning to... to to step out and to share it with somebody. Now, I also want to talk to, to Christians. Listen, don't listen to what people are saying that the churches are empty. The churches are not empty because buildings are not churches. Buildings are where the church meets. The church is you and me. I want to encourage you to be bold in your faith today. I want to encourage you to be settled in your faith today. God has not forgotten us in the midst of this virus. God is still on his throne. Jesus is still raised from the dead. And I believe that we as a church need to stand up and we need to minister out of that faith. We need to declare, as we declared earlier about the weather, we need to declare an end to this virus in Jesus' name. We need to call forth the power that he's given us the, in the authority that he's given us. And when we need to serve, we need to minister. We don't need to hide. We need to make phone calls. We need to send emails. We need to, to, to Snapchat and go, uh, all the other things that are at our disposal now and let people know that there is hope. And hope's not a, a concept. Hope is a person. His name is Jesus Christ. I want to wish you today, uh, the body of Christ and, and everyone who's watching, I want to wish you a, a happy Easter because Jesus Christ is risen. God bless you today.
For more information on Eagles Wing Church, visit our website at www.eagleswingchurch.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Eagles Wing Church. Thanks for listening and have a blessed week.